Hey everyone, you are listening to episode number 21 of the Elysium Project podcast. Today's episode is titled Microdosing Magic Mushrooms with Neurogrowth. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. The Elysium Project podcast is a 100% listener supported podcast. If you find yourself listening regularly, we invite you to check out our Patreon support page where you can join our Insider Zone for only $3 per month. There you'll find access to behind the scenes content and receive a personalized gratitude package mailed to your doorstep. You're never locked in and you can cancel at any time. If that's something you'd like to do, you can find your way there by clicking the big Patreon button on our website, www.elysiumproject.tv, or by visiting patreon.com slash elysiumprojecttv. Also, we want to hear from you. If you have any feedback about the show or have a particular guest you would like us to have on, please feel free to send us an email at podcast at elysiumproject.tv. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Andrea Fleck and Jeff McKay of Neurogrowth on the topic of microdosing magic mushrooms. The idea of taking psychedelics such as psilocybin mushrooms or LSD in doses below the level that will induce a full-blown psychedelic experience has really taken off in the last several years. Having had positive experiences taking psychedelics myself, I wanted to have these two on to ask them questions about microdosing psilocybin mushrooms and the results people are having from doing so. Please remember this episode is strictly a conversation for inquisitive minds, and neither Neurogrowth or myself are selling these substances, which in most places around the world are still in fact illegal. One last disclaimer, my microphones did not work for this podcast, so this is the backup recording, hence the different audio quality than usual. Enjoy. All right, I'm here with Neurogrowth with Andrea and Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Very excited. This is such an amazing topic and love to spread the good information around. So let's dive right into it. Talk about what the two of you do and uh, how long you've been doing it, how you got into it, and what exactly is Neurogrowth. Yeah, right on. I guess I'll, I'll start there. So for me, I've been on a wild journey the past five years. Yeah, I've battled mental health issues, depression, anxiety. I was heavily, heavily overweight. And I fixed a lot of my issues just through diet, exercise. Like I was on the standard American diet, fast food all the time, you know, that type of deal. And I'd fixed a lot of these issues, was kind of on top of the world, and then they started to creep back in. And mm-hmm. that is when I found magic mushrooms, uh, both macro dosing and micro dosing. It, it started with macro dosing, like one experience, and I was amazed, but you know, I was thinking, you know, how do I bring this into my day to day? And I also knew of many people who needed help, but they're not exactly down to trip out and, you know, have hallucinations. I don't like to call it that, but nonetheless, you know, as I was thinking this and pondering it, I came across microdosing and had tried it out, had quite a bit of experience with it. And that's when Brent found me, our our third partner here. And we decided to put a company together based around selling and providing lots of content, information, how to do it effectively, how to do it safely. And um, I think we've been going since June. Yep. Yep. 
And then, yeah, Andrea joined the team almost right at the beginning and let you uh, introduce yourself there. Yeah, so my experience with mushrooms, I guess, probably started when I was in my, it started when I was in my 20s and uh, recreationally doing macro doses of it as well. And I noticed um, that there was, there was always something that drew me to that experience, something that's kept me coming back to, you know, what are mushrooms, what can mushrooms do for me, and then what can mushrooms do for others. And so as we got talking um, about microdosing, Brent, Jeff, and I, we, um, like it made sense to me when I started learning more about microdosing and how it can impact people's lives. And then, you know, having tried it myself, I just knew that this was something that could help a lot of people. And so um, providing the information that we do and the education that we do on it um, has been a really rewarding opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit before the podcast. Obviously, this is the, my next question. And the question on most people's minds is um, the legality of this, because we're talking about magic mushrooms here. It's uh, It's been, you know, prohibited for the last 60 or some odd years. Yet, you know, it's been used for by centuries for humans. So um, how are what? What's the, what's the yeah, story? you know, it's it's insane. Now, luckily, we're a little bit better than the United States. Down there, it's a Schedule 1, meaning there's active enforcement going after it. Here in Canada, we're at Schedule 3, so it's still illegal. It's Some people like to say it's a bit of a gray area. You know, it's not really. It is quite illegal. Mm. Uh, however, it is Schedule 3, which means there's no active law enforcement out there looking for it. If you happen to get busted in a roadside stop and you had it, yes, it's illegal, but there's no mushroom, magic mushroom Mm -hmm. task force out there, you know, trying to bust people. So we got a bit of a step up and due to Michael Pollan's new book, How to Change Your Mind, that has really, really helped bust a lot of stigma around this issue. So we're seeing many, many breakthroughs and people looking the other way in a city like Vancouver, and I'm hoping to try and do the same here, but in Vancouver, their city council has actually gone to their police and said, we are not funding you to go after magic mushrooms. Mm. If you bring a case to trial, you will have no funding to pursue it. So in Calgary, we're not that progressive yet, but that's kind of where it stands is it is still illegal. I think the safest method is is learning how to grow your own at home because all the supplies you buy, even the spores, are completely legal. And unless a cop's in your house, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty pretty safe. It'll never leave your house. Mm-hmm. So we do like to warn people it is definitely still illegal. However, we've seen so many good things come from it, both macro and microdosing, that I don't think we have time to wait for that. The law moves at a snail's pace. Mm-hmm. So that's where it Although stands. Although lately, like the, the amount of information on microdosing mushrooms, psychedelics has just exploded over the last few years, which is really amazing to see. And just to reiterate something that you had said before the podcast, your company is not selling the mushrooms. What you're doing is educating uh, the public on the use of these substances. Correct. And, you know, people can reach out to us anytime. We do our best to send them to the right people, people that we know and trust. And it just adds that extra barrier of safety for them, for us, and, and everyone involved. Because, yes, we definitely uh, can't sell the mushrooms yet. I'm hoping. I'm, I used to say about six months ago, I was saying 10 years, but like you said, so much is coming out. I think three to five, we're going to see it's, some big changes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. The last literally 
two years. I don't even think I'd heard the word microdosing before about two years ago, and uh, it's just exploded. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the, the same boat there I when I was pondering, okay, how do I get the macrodose experience out to people? I had come across microdosing LSD, and then mm. I googled microdosing magic mushrooms, and lo and behold, there was a plethora of, of anecdotal evidence at the time and lots of information. So when you're talking about macro versus microdoses, what are, what are the differences that were talking about here in terms of yeah. quantity and experience you know there's a lot of different views out there especially you know i don't want to say uneducated people but maybe who haven't done quite all the research and they just start microdosing and they don't understand that you build tolerance extremely quickly okay. to this substance so you may have started at 100 milligrams so 0.1 of a gram um, generally threshold dose is considered about one gram like for you to you know, go into a mushroom experience anywhere from one to five. And the microdose for me is 0.1 or 0.2 of a gram. And you, of course, you see people going higher, even into half a gram a day. But I think a lot of that is due to not understanding that if you just take a few days break every week, then you reset that tolerance. You lose it as quickly as you gain it. So it goes both ways. So for me, anywhere from 100 to 200 milligrams is is kind of the sweet spot and everyone's a little bit different and we should probably add clarify because you can build and drop your tolerance so rapidly mushrooms are actually anti-addictive like i think a lot of people have the misconception that um you know mushrooms are a drug therefore mushrooms are addictive and that couldn't be further from the truth they're actually helping people break addictions in many cases right yeah one thing i often say i heard it on a paul stamets podcast and it resonated big time if you go have a mushroom experience even if it's a great time and you wake up the next day and you see the mushrooms still on the table you're just like yeah put them in the back of the cupboard and you're <laughs> like Ugh, you know it's and this actually worried me heavily I have quite an addictive personality. I've smoked tobacco, cannabis, off and on. So that was a huge worry for me going into this. Like, is this just going to become another crutch, something I now need to feel happy? And I found, especially if you journal, like if you write your intents down and you write down the breakthroughs that happen when you're microdosing, you really carry that with you long after you're done taking the mushrooms, which is, for me, I didn't believe it till I went through it. And it was like one of my biggest worries when I was a few weeks in, I'm like, wow, this is great, but I don't want to stop. And then when I did stop, definitely regressed maybe 10 to 20%, but I in no way lost everything that I had gained. And to me, that's what makes this such a phenomenal medicine. It's as if it opens us up to learn new things, build new habits. And once they're gone, you still have those habits. You still have built those pathways and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the science is, is fascinating in terms of uh, studies that are coming out now. Like I said, there's been an explosion of interest in this and the amount of scientific research and on, on these substances finally is coming out. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Two of you have any uh, like studies or anything? like? I might let Andrea take this one, yeah. Yeah, so there's not a lot of studies that have been released yet on microdosing. Um, There's lots of studies underway, though. There's some really phenomenal universities that are studying um, not just microdosing, but psychedelics in general, like Johns Hopkins University, University of Toronto in Canada, and Imperial um, College London are probably doing some of the largest studies. So because 
microdosing is relatively new on the street. We don't have a lot of scientific evidence that shows um, the effectiveness and demonstrates it. So most of the evidence out there is anecdotal or from other people's experiences. Or on macrodosing. Yes, the science is behind macrodosing, particularly what that does to... um, fight depression, anxiety, even neurological conditions, and um, I know I'm missing something here. Um, yeah. Addiction. Addiction, addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Massively. Yeah, that's mostly the research that I'm familiar with, I guess, is on macrodosing of mushrooms and LSD and other psychedelics mm-hmm. like that. In particular, there's a lot of research coming out about the power of macrodosing psychedelics when it comes to people who are I'm suffering with cancer and other conditions right. that are bringing them to the end of their life and right. how that's been able to help them. Yeah, transition. I think a, a good way to break it down for people and what I'm starting to see now that, you know, we've, we're watching lots of people microdose, we're seeing who it's working for, who it's not working for. And for me, you know, if you're a fairly, we'll use the word healthy and stable person, but you're looking for to increase your cognitive function, you're looking to maybe install some better eating habits, what we'll call, I mean, they're pretty major to me, but it's not like you're going to die kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's where to me, microdosing is a champion, such a warrior. Now, if you need a hard left in life, you've been depressed for a number of years or months, you know, you you do need a major wake up call, so to speak, or, or you need again to take a major left turn. That's when we're seeing the macrodose is more yeah. needed. You know, the macrodose is actually quite draining. Like it's, you know, robs a bit of jing from the kidneys because it's such a powerful experience. And you can't grow new brain cells in six hours. You definitely can have a profound enough experience to change your life. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking for more of that cognitive function, installing new habits, this is where we want to take a little bit of these mushrooms daily, you know, four or five days a week. And we can get into schedule in a bit. And that way you do this for a couple months and those ingredients are in the body long enough to actually encourage new brain growth, new cell growth. And I often tell people, you know, it takes 40 days to install a new habit. Hmm. So if you microdose for 40 days and not straight, but on and off for 40 days and you maintain a fairly elevated mood, you know, fairly upbeat, your your best self, if you will, well, then after 40 days, again, when you stop microdosing, you may regress a little bit, but you will have truly elevated yourself to a new level. Mm-hmm. So who is this mainly for, like, when we're talking about these benefits, and what are the benefits that uh, mainly we're seeing from... Yeah, this? I would say that the top five benefits is you know, helping with symptoms of depression and anxiety, especially minor depression, minor anxiety, uh, productivity and focus, stress management, increased connection, and being in that flow state. So the way I see it is it's kind of covers both ends of the spectrum. If you're depressed, anxious, you're really looking to bring yourself out of a rut, then it's good on that end. And then on the other end, we've got MMA fighters, peak performance individuals. There's even a table tennis player I've been talking to, and it it takes his game to the next level. So I really like that about this medicine. It's not just for one group or this group. It seems to be like if you really need help, they can help you. If you're doing pretty good, but you're looking to really take it to the next level, they seem to have stuff to offer there as well, especially if being in that flow state is important. You know, and I just describe flow state as 
when a pro basketball player is in the zone, you know, he's not thinking about how much weight to put on the shot or how much to bend his knees or like he's just shooting that ball and it's going in. He's what they say in the zone or in the flow. So that's how I describe that. I think a lot of people think of like your Silicon Valley tech execs yeah. microdosing too. And so they're thinking it's only for these high performers, but the other group that's really like knocking it out of the park with microdosing is moms. There's <laughs> so many articles online mm. and stories about moms who microdose and what's happening. And they're just feeling more connected to their kids, um, able to focus on them better, um, having a better connection with their partners. Um, just feeling way less stress and anxiety around, you know, things that moms feel guilty about, right? Like, am I doing the right thing? And all these things that they second guess them about microdosing is helping, uh, you know, bring them, bring them back to themselves and put them into their family life in a way that, um, I guess is more uplifting and not so much about, um, focusing on like their default or their faults and their, um, like their deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a big thing I've seen in that community, the mom community, is, you know, we're really drowning in information right now. There's so much. You can Google anything and you can find that it's good for you or it's going to kill you. You know, there's so many polarizing views. And mothers probably have the strongest intuition out of all groups of humans. And I find the mushrooms maybe don't increase your intuition, but they really help you tap into it. Trust that what you're doing is right that you're getting the right information and so on makes you a little more stable because in today's day and age, it's so easy to be doing one thing and then you read, you know, scrolling through Facebook, you'll see a headline and it kind of rocks you a little bit. Oh, should I be feeding my kids this? Should they be doing that? And you'll start to trust these, these articles over your own experience. And don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of real science, but at the end of the day, whether it's working for you or not kind of trumps, almost everything. And I've seen that it really helps empower people to believe in their intuition and just hone in on that skill. What do you think it is about these substances that helps so much with those, what you're saying? And like you said about moms using it and feeling that sense of connectedness. Well, I'll take the the scientific approach, which is, it's funny, there was a lady who funded a study because she was certain that these compounds were increasing circulation to the brain. She was just so dead set on that, so she funded a study. And funny enough, in one area of the brain in particular, it actually quite reduces the cerebral blood flow to the area of the brain known as the default mode network. So this is a compilation of especially your last few years in life and your first few years in life. So your hard patterns, you know, if you've been traumatized or betrayed, that kind of goes into your default mode to protect you. But it can be kind of loaded with old software, old programming. So when we decrease blood flow to that area of the brain, we actually open up to what's really happening around us. What is my experience? What am I seeing, feeling, and so on? And it allows you to make decisions from right here, right now, not the past and what's been happening to you. Not that everything in the past is not valid, but as you know, we can just get so weighed down and bogged down Mm -hmm. by different traumas and childhood issues or you know, just something that happened a few years ago that you can't seem to shake off and it's really clouding your judgment. So I think for me, that's got to be one of the main areas. Mm -hmm. That's a really good analogy of uh, rebooting the computer software, sort of. 
Well, what happens too with psilocybin is it causes areas of the brain to communicate that aren't used to communicating with one another. So while it shuts down um, communication with the default mode network, the brain has to form new pathways in order to, you know, work through situations um, that you're experiencing, whether it's something that you've gone through a million times um, or something new. But if it's something you've gone through a million times and the pattern, your pattern of behavior around that event or activity or whatever isn't, isn't good for you, you will, you will break free from that and start to form a new way of thinking. And that's, that's why you end up having a different experience out of it. Yeah, I really like that. And Michael Pollan's book, he talks about your brain, you know, it's like Deerfoot Trail or Stony Trail. And you're always on Stony Trail going in circles around the city. You know, situation A leads to you reacting this way. But when that default mode network starts to go down, it's like all the rural roads open up and you can cut across the city and go from here to there. So what Andrea is saying is, you know, just because situation A happened, it doesn't mean you have to have that same old reaction. And a lot of times our reactions are subconscious. They're knee jerk. They're, you know, you don't mm-hmm. actually put any conscious thought into it. Mm-hmm. But now since the brain has to talk a different way, you have to put some conscious thought into it. And mm-hmm. we generally want to do what's best for ourselves it's just these old programs, old habits that tend to really get in the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a, an ultimate benefit to all of this. And that is at the end of the day, you grow in confidence because you know that you can handle the things that life throws at you, even if you haven't dealt well with them in the past. And um, most people are trying to do their best in life. And sometimes they just don't know how to get ahead. And this is something that can give them that edge up. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend people start with a macro dose to have that experience or is it typically something like you can just go straight into microdosing and experience some of these uh, same benefits? Yeah. I'm asking because I've never done microdosing myself so I'm just curious what those smaller doses um, because obviously on a larger dose you can have those profound experiences. Yeah, that's a great question. I always tell people you're pretty safe to try microdosing. You don't need to ask a doctor. You know, if you're very concerned, you could talk to a therapist, find someone to work with you. Whereas for macrodosing, I would have to meet that person. I would have to talk to them, ask some serious questions about mental health and and different family history to see if they kind of quote unquote qualify. I think everyone could qualify in their own way. But, you know, for me, and, and I've sat on many macro doses for people, you know, it's, it's a big experience. You know, you have to be ready for it. And especially if you want to use it to change your life. If you mm-hmm. want to use it to have some good laughs, <laughs> you definitely don't have to take it so seriously. But, you know, advising someone on a macro dose is definitely case by case. Whereas the microdose, I think you can gain the benefits even if you've never macro, sorry, if you microdose, you can gain the benefits without ever macrodosing. And one thing I've seen, I've seen people who they really need the macrodose, but there's a lot of stigma, right. grew up in the 60s, 70s, they're not into it. So we get them on a microdose, you know, they need a little more help than that. It's not completely changing their lives, Mm -hmm. but it's warming them up to the mushrooms. They're developing a relationship with it. And after a month or two months, they now feel confident in going into that macrodose journey type experience. What are the steps that someone starts taking if they're looking to get on to a program like yours? I would say, you know, number one is, is knowing that 
Taking breaks is extremely important. So Paul Stamets, his, his favorite is to do four days on, three days off for up to two months, and then you take at least a month off. Um, for me, I found five days on, two days off just fits a little better into our week and our calendar. Mm -hmm. I always tell people the first two days, you should have no responsibilities. Even though you're taking such a small dose, if you're very sensitive, you might feel it more than other people. You might get a little bit of anxiety just because you're taking something illegal and so on. So while you have that first handshake, so to speak, you want to be at home, no responsibilities. You don't have to go driving. You don't have to go to work. You don't want to put yourself in any uncomfortable positions. And then you just, you take those two days at home, you take it. It's very likely you'll say, I didn't feel much because it does take some consistent use. And then that gives you the confidence. Okay, I can use this at work. I can use this not impairing me, especially with the mothers. That's a big thing we mm -hmm. get. Like, you know, I can't be on drugs. I have kids yeah. and, and stuff like that. So knowing breaks, knowing dosage. So I always tell people 100 milligrams is where you should start. Even if your buddy's doing three or 400, start at 100. If you know you're extremely sensitive, like, you know, half a beer gets you a bit tipsy and, and this and that, then go 50, go 75. Like, there's no harm in, in going lower. But if you do go a bit too high, I've noticed one of the main side effects of that is anxiety, which is supposed to be one of the major benefits. Right. And we do see some people, no matter how low the dose, they still get bad anxiety. Right. And I think a lot of that is you know, programming in society, they're doing something illegal mm -hmm. and so on. But knowing the breaks, knowing your dosage, and then from there, it's it's quite personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess we should talk about that. I mean, we have a fairly open-minded uh, audience, I think, listening to this show, but a lot of people still, you know, this is an illegal substance. So like you said, there can be a lot of anxiety about it. Um, why is it illegal to a lot of people? Like questioning that, is it dangerous? That sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I really recommend Michael Pollan's book, especially for people of that mindset, because he was of that mindset okay. in a way, you know, mm -hmm. and he's a he's a solid researcher. Right. He's written many books on diet and things of that nature. So he didn't go into it already loving it. Mm. So I think he brings quite a balanced approach. Now, there's a lot of people that don't like the book because they say, here's a guy who's done like two mushroom trips and now he's the authority on mm. mushrooms. So I totally understand that argument but i think for people wondering why it's illegal he really lays that out he goes into in fact a lot of the research was done in the 50s and 60s like solid solid research there was also a lot of unsolid research <laughs> and he talks about both sides so and then he just breaks down how you know there was a lot of fear especially around lsd and then there was just massive massive campaign spread like the news ran with it people dying jumping out of buildings on lsd and and due to those headlines and those stories uh, and those stories were to counteract the counterculture at the time and it all kind of ties into the vietnam war and they didn't want people using these psychedelics because mm -hmm. then they weren't signing up to go to war so you know that's where that campaign came from it didn't really come from a good solid place there was just a lot of fear and a lot of misinformation and that's literally why it's illegal it's due to a lot of misinformation and you know we could get into big pharma and the poll they have and, and yada yada but at the end of the day 
you know, almost everything in your medicine cabinet is more dangerous right. than magic mushrooms. I, yeah, Physically. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could do a lot of harm mentally, but you can't take a bottle of Tylenol. You mm-hmm. can't pop these meds and, and not worry about your liver and so on. So to me, that was a big eye-opener when I read that. You know, you can't, there's no toxic buildup. There's no what they call... um Oh, I can't remember something 50 and it's just, you know, how much do you have to take to, to start killing the mice when they do the studies? And there was, they couldn't. Mm. So it's extremely safe physically. And if used responsibly, especially the microdose, I don't think you're going to damage yourself mentally in a microdose. You know, the only way to damage yourself mentally with mushrooms is taking a whole bunch. You're not in the proper set and setting. You know, I have a, a gentleman I've worked with, and, and he was given LSD without him knowing. And it just led to, oh, no. you know, him calling campus security, them treating him like a criminal, getting injections at the hospital, like just yeah. couldn't be more traumatizing. So as long as it's done with the proper set and setting and you weren't drugged, you know, it's it's quite safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So neural growth, what are, what are you offering people? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what we're offering people is a chance to learn about something that um, people have, you know, we've known for a long time that psychedelics can be beneficial to us and we're just giving them an opportunity to shut down fear. Because sometimes fear is what's holding us back. We, um, we get scared of something and we decide to throw the brakes on and we don't want to move forward because we don't know what it's going to mean for us. But um, when it comes to this, there's been a lot of research that's shown that it's good and um I think with respect to magic mushrooms, that fear, um, I don't want to say it's unfounded, but it's something that um, we need to really look back and look back at why we're scared because it's actually something we can get pretty excited about. We are in a time when people um, are taking lots of um, drugs to treat mental health issues, particularly that are totally numbing them out. And we're also finding in studies that um, placebos are just as effective as the, yeah. <laughs> as the actual drug itself. And so you often hear people say, I, I, I want to go off my drugs, they're not working for me. And then society looks at them and they say, oh, you know, that's just your mental health issue talking. Well, no, it's not somebody's mental health issue talking all the time. For some people, for many people... The drugs aren't working and it's not overly surprising to me when we're taking a chemical cocktail of things that we don't really know the long-term effects of. And people aren't just taking one medication nowadays. Many people, by the time they hit 30 years old, are taking a handful of different medications. So you don't know how they interact. So when I look at microdosing, I see it as a way for people to not only treat mental health, but to connect with one another and to optimize human performance in a way that's um, safe. And it's a really intuitive process that brings you um, back um, into yourself in an introspective way um, in a world that's constantly, you know, pulling us in different, um, different directions and, you know, making us feel disconnected. This is something that can be a very internal, um, healthy process for us. Yeah, and, and I would also say this podcast, we're definitely talking about the magic mushrooms, but there's also a lot of great other mushrooms out mm. there that are completely legal, like reishi mushroom, which is my all-time favorite, even a little more than the magic mm. mushrooms. 
So, you know, our YouTube channel is centered around how to use these mushrooms, both magic and the legal ones, how to put it into a tea, how to put it into an elixir, make it tasty, um, make chocolate bars and, and stuff like that. So just providing lots and lots of education. And I, my hope, too, is when they see me up there and us talking about it and getting excited about it, that it does break down that stigma and I'm not a fool. I know there will never be a one-size-fits-all. Like, there are people that this won't work for. It's just not a home run like it is for others. But you should try it if it calls to you. And that's what we're trying to break down is you can try it. And the worst thing that can happen to you is getting caught. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing with, the her with, with herbs and medicinal mushrooms in general is that um, people, one of the biggest hurdles people have in taking them is they just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get started. So whether it's psilocybin or whether it's like your reishi, chaga, cordyceps, turkey tail, whatever, whatever mushroom you're interested in, we try to make it as simple and easy as possible for people so that they feel empowered. By the end of that video, they're like, okay, I can do this. I can take this on myself. And there's something really beautiful when you can make your own medicine. And we want to empower people to do that. And the, and the connection too, like when you're just taking a pill, it's very meaningless in a way. You don't know where it came from. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you got these mushrooms or these mushroom slices or even a powder and you're making it into a drink and you're tasting the different flavors, it really brings it into a new realm. You're not just taking a pill. It basically creates a time in your day when you are checking in and you can be a little intuitive. Do I want the turkey tail? Do I want the reishi? And, and it breeds a bit of excitement around it. It's something you now want to do. And of course, you want to get better, but it's not something you now just have to do. Like doctor said, I got to take this pill, so I'm taking it. And I know one thing I run up against all the time is, well, you know, herbs are garbage, you know, mm -hmm. you have to use pharmaceuticals. And I just say, you know, where do you think all of those came from? Mm -hmm. All of them are isolated compounds from different plants, different herbs. And I think one of the biggest downside of pharmaceuticals, you know, and they can save lives, you know, I'm not here to cast too much shade. But one of their downsides is they isolate things, mm -hmm. you know, nothing in nature is perfectly isolated. You're getting a huge array of different compounds and phytonutrients and and different you know triterpenes and and beta glucans and all these different types of healing molecules when you take these mushrooms you know we'll never be able to fully understand how nature works i don't think maybe we'll come close but i think we're very foolish when we try and single out the one thing you know a good note there is when they were studying ginseng, they had actually thought they found the active compound, but isolated the wrong one. And for years, people were taking ginseng extract that did nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. And I think as long as it's safe, if we can consume the whole product or a nice, clean, extracted version of the product, and even the extracts have many compounds, they're not just singling out one amino acid or one molecule, which is almost always the case with pharmaceuticals. Great. So your social media channels and website for the listeners? Yeah. So our, our website is www.neurogrowth.ca. You can also find us on YouTube channel by the same name, Neurogrowth, and Instagram under Neurogrowth. Perfect. Yeah, we got in early enough to snag all three. So yeah. <laughs> all three names. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very good name. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's just centered around, again, these mushrooms can help grow your brain and in many different ways and help you excel at life in many different areas. And if you feel called, definitely follow us on YouTube. Lots of great videos. Shoot us an email. You know, we're pretty adamant about responding to all the positive comments or even they don't have to be super positive but you know some people like to be jokesters and i think we respond to every email so yeah you won't be left in the dust mm -hmm. and if people out there are wondering whether or not they should get started and are feeling or have taken herbs before and they've said they haven't worked just remember that the herbs don't work unless you take them so just keep just keep plugging away compliance yeah consistency and patience it'll win you over in the end yeah Perfect. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoy our content, please help support us by subscribing to and sharing this podcast or by joining our Insider Zone at www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV. That's www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV. And remember, we're always happy to hear from you. If you have any feedback about the show or a particular guest you would like us to have on, please feel free to send us an email at podcast at elysiumproject.tv. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.